Good evening, good afternoon, or good morning. <laughs> Depends on what fucking time you're listening to the podcast. Uh, what's up, everybody, man? How you guys doing, man? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for fucking uh, checking out the Yeah Man podcast, listening and all that shit, sharing it on SoundCloud. We just got on fucking iTunes uh, Saturday late night, I believe, and today it's fucking Sunday. And fucking on the comedy fucking category, dude, on iTunes, the Yeah Man podcast is fucking number 69. Yeah, it's weird how those two numbers are just like upside down and together. You know, 60 fucking nine. Okay. Shout out to the Dice Man, everybody. But yeah, man, fucking, it, I'm, it's a trip, man. I'm on fucking cloud nine. It's fucking trippy as fuck to me to be like 60. It's fucking, I'm like, fuck, I'm fucking flabbergasted. You know what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, it feels real good to, it's weird, you know? Put out two little episodes, uh, SoundCloud first, the people ask for iTunes, you put it on iTunes, and boom, you're fucking 69. Like a fucking porno star, you know what I'm saying? Fucking shining. Yeah, man, so I'm fucking really fucking excited, really fucking proud, and it's weird, man, fucking, so thank you very much, everybody that's been fucking supporting, um, everybody's retweeted fucking on Twitter, dude, at fucking at Delicia, thank you very much, at Rooney Martinez, at Cardona, at Cats and Sigs, at Channel PK, Pincha Kimchi, at Germ Dust 3, Moons, at Mark Bell 2009, at Gomez and S. So yeah, all you motherfuckers, you motherfuckers on, uh, on Instagram, thank you very much, at Nulo, at Foo, you know how we do it, uh, <laughs> at El Ocho, at CPL Serrato, at AB28, at the one and only Marisol, at Eric For Reals, at Thug Waffle 12. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you uh, to all you motherfuckers, man. It's fucking kick ass, man. Thank you very much for everybody listening. Fucking Justin Franco was a fucking sweet ass fucking episode number two. Fucking uh, Alfred Robles opening episode number one. So fucking a man, fucking thank you very much for the e- <laughs> for the emails from the last episode, and I have a new email address. It's uh the yeah man podcast um, at gmail.com. So uh, you know send your uh, emails to that. But shout out to Rigo Nunez for selling, saying uh, sending out his email and shit. I believe it fucking said uh, all I gotta tell you is if she left once, <laughs> what makes you think she won't leave again? <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker, dog. She was never really here, dog. We're trying to get her, dog. <laughs> shout out to Punky. And um, shout out to Priscilla Andrade and shit. Thank you very much for fucking uh, sending love and shit. The picture with you and your little son. Fucking awesome that he does the impressions from the What's Up Fool podcast. Uh, What's Up Fool that Felipe does and uh, the Yeah Man that I do, man. Fucking super fucking awesome. So thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Everybody on fucking Facebook, Sunny Mamea, all you motherfuckers, dog. The Mouse, His Lady, Jenny Perez. Fucking Jay Guptill, all you motherfuckers keep spreading the fucking gospel. It fucking feels fucking good, feels fantastic, and I'm having fucking fun. And in the end, that's all that motherfucking matters. So yeah, man, fucking uh, quick word from our sponsors, uh, Madera Plumbing Company. 24 hours uh, of emergency plumbing and a drain service. That's right, man. Call Tony Jr. at 951 uh, Tony Sr. at 951-905-9028. And that's right, man. They fucking take care of toilets, sinks, faucets, water heaters, and repipes. <laughs> that's what's up, man. Fucking, uh, that's when, like, a, um, a plumber hooks up with his ex, huh? What's that called? A repipe. Boom, boom, boom. You know what I'm saying? We're back at the catch skills, everybody. We're doing material, right? 
It's fucking Sloppy Joe and Dizzy Damien over here with the laughs again. Shout out to fucking Dice Man number two. His little series was fucking off the motherfucking hook. Hilarious. Now, uh, a little bit from uh, a little bit. Now, um, our second and final sponsor of the Yeah Man podcast. It's, uh, um, you know, it's getting hot, everybody. And you know what that means. Time to call La Cucaracha Pest Control. That's right. Los Angeles finest. In pest control, that's right. Take care of anything from uh, water bugs to bed bugs. You know what I mean? Rats to roaches. (laughs) That's right. If you want to get rid, call the kid. The cucaracha kid. That's right. Talk to Armando Cosillo and the company. And uh, the girl that will answer the phone will either be Gloria or uh, Irma. So that's uh, 323-221-7666. And they're in the Los Angeles area. And uh, call them up, man. If you have uh, any questions, fucking they're on Yelp. You can read the reviews. Fucking fantastic, uh, just, you know, premium fucking service. The best in the fucking West. Now, with that being said, um, I, wanna, I thought I thanked everybody. That's fucking cool. Fucking uh, the guest that we have this week is uh, Eddie Casillas from uh, the band uh, Voodoo Glow Skulls. That's right, Voodoo Glow Skulls. Uh, it's a punk rock band from uh, Riverside, California. Uh, they started the band when I was uh, 10 years old in 1988, but the dude's been jamming before that. Uh, the the members of the band are uh, the Casillas brothers, that's right, uh, Frank, uh, Eddie, and uh, George Casillas from Riverside, California. They're from L.A., went to Santa Ana, then came to Riverside in like 78 when, you know, Riverside was offering those uh, track homes and shit over there by the, um, um, by uh, Norte Vista High School, by the way. That's where I went. That's my alma mater. Also, Jerry O'Neill is the original member of the band. He's the original drummer. But I sat down and talked with Eddie. It's a homie from back in the day. Um, it was fucking fantastic. It was a good conversation, a long conversation, but nevertheless, dude, it was fucking cool. We kept it 100. Uh, I think in the middle of it, uh, George walked in, the bass player, and he had to go fucking get keys to the trailer because these motherfuckers are always touring, always on the road. So they got a studio fucking at the house. And, um, yeah, so they have to fucking unload and load all the time. So George walked in, and after he was done with all that, he sat down with us for a few. So we're also talking to George Casillas, the bass player of the band uh, Voodoo Glow Skulls. Uh, And, yeah, man, I used to work for the band. Uh, First, I worked at the record store, dude, at Cheap Guy Music right there on Tyler Street and then Arlington. And, uh, yeah, man, fucking, uh, I was there, dude, fucking pretty much throughout my high school years. I've known those fools since I was 14 and a half. Started working to, for them when I was, like, 15. Just going in there, hanging out at Cheap Guy, till one day they finally said, uh, dude, uh, you hang out here all the time, dude, so I'm just saying, we're going on the road. I mean, would you like to have a job? Just work for, like, four hours a day. Fucking, we'll teach you how to use the register, this and that. It was fucking cool. It was like a dream job, dude. That's all I wanted to do is fucking kick it there, shit. Eventually be in a band myself. <laughs> I wanted to be in the band, Rasa. <laughs> Shout out to Martin Moreno, dog. So yeah, man, fucking, and you know, I remember Frank teaching me uh, the, you know, how to use the register and shit. And also, if anybody ever comes in here with a gun, dude, don't fucking try to be no hero, dude. Just give him the money, dude. It ain't worth it. I was like, damn, dog. All right, fuck it, dude. <laughs> I don't gotta die. Even better, dude. So yeah, dude, got paid four bucks an hour, dude, back in the day. Back in the days, yeah, dude. Cash too, though, dog. So it'll be fucking sweet. So these fools will go on tour for like a month and come back. And, um, dude, I'll have a fat little check, dude. Go over there and ball at the mall and fucking, you know, kick it with the fucking homies, you know. Fucking uh, puffing like a dragon and hanging out, dude. Going to shows. And, you know, that was before I was doing stand-up, dude. That's when I wanted to be a stand-up comedian. I, I, was, I always wanted to be in a band, but... 
You know what I mean? I was like, fucking, that didn't happen. So I was like, fucking next best thing, do stand-up comedian. And these motherfuckers were into stand-up, dude. They fucking, you know, fucking brought out old fucking stand-up records from, like, Richard Pryor and, like, Eddie Murphy. And we kind of got into stand-up again with, like, my interest in those fools. And uh, it was fucking pretty cool, man. So it was a fucking bitching time, dude, for me. I hung out h- hardcore with these motherfuckers from since I was, like, 15 to, like, 24, dude. And I eventually went on tour with them. I went on tour with them when I was, like, fucking 18. I graduated Norte Vista the next day next morning we fucking took off and uh took off to miami florida dude we flew uh no we no yeah we flew to miami we fucking landed in miami we ate at denny's that night and it was weird at the fucking uh they had a tour bus i forgot the dude's name but it was like a hick and shit i think it was from birmingham it's kind of funny huh i was just in birmingham mate <laughs> no mate the southern Birmingham in America, mate. Not Birmingham, England, where a Black Sabbath is from, mate. Oh, for real. <laughs> no. But, yeah, this motherfucker, I remember driving through there and it's like, yeah, I got friends and family in Birmingham. That's where I'm from originally. But I remember Frank used to call him the Road Eagle and shit. I don't even remember his name, dude. Fucking, this motherfucker said some racist ass shit, dude. <laughs> ah, this motherfucker, dog. But anyways, dude, you know, you know, typical white guy. You know what? He looked like one of those dudes. You know. <laughs> Fucking Paul Rodriguez and shit. Typical white dude. The, every other word's an N-word. Unless he's Jewish, it'll be negotiate, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, man, fucking, I went on tour with them. It was fucking bitching. We went fucking to Miami, got the tour bus, and the next day we fucking uh, we spent the night. The next day we flew to Puerto Rico, dog. Puerto Rico. Hell, yeah, we flew to Puerto Rico. Fucking, uh, they did a show with the Toasters, fame, uh, ska band, the Toasters, and the Methoscotheles, dude. They are fucking awesome, dog. Fuck. But whatever, man, we got to keep moving. And, um, yeah, dude, and fucking did one gig, two gigs there, I think. Or, yeah, yeah, it was like a gig at like a little fucking palenque kind of like uh, sports arena. And then another one at a fucking like a festival, dude. Fucking bomb ass fucking chicks out there. God damn. Anyways, dog, those are, you know, the virgin years. I didn't do nothing. So, yeah, man. Um, it just ate some bomb-ass egg sandwiches, dude, fucking on the street, fucking bomb-ass shit. But nevertheless, dude, so we went back, fucking first shows were fucking in um, in uh, Florida, and then went up the fucking coast to Louisiana, then fucking Texas, and then made it all the way back to San Bernardino, dude, San Bernardino Arena. So, and those are like, you know, when bands tour in a tour bus like that, they're doing shows pretty much every night, and then you get one day off, you know, the day you do laundry or whatever the fuck, you know, got per diems and shit. Fucking great fucking times. And that tour right there was with fucking Youth Brigade, the Utes. And uh, who the fuck else? Fucking Youth Brigade was on that fucking tour. I'm fucking slipping. And uh, I think that was it, dude. And then other, like, support bands were from uh, coming, you know, local bands or whatnot. That's when Johnny Two Bags was playing guitar for fucking Youth Brigade, man. Hell yeah, dude. So shout out to Johnny Two Bags. So yeah, man. So I went on tour with them. I did way more tours, but um, with them after, you know, and it was pretty much like, you know, they were giving me like, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't fucking on tour with them, you know, 24-7. But it's like, hey, dude, let's show the little homie a good time. Fucking motherfucker graduated from high school. Let's take him on tour. Fucking, you know, now we need somebody for two weeks or a month and shit. So yeah, man, fucking my friend uh, Vinny ended up working with the band and tra- traveling with them fucking all over Europe and South America. Herbie, C3PO, that's right. Fucking Herbie the fucking, uh, Herbie fucking, uh, Brian Herbertson, dude. He's a fucking uh, master brewer now, dude. Shout out to fucking Herbie. He worked for the band. Fucking yeah, man. So it was fucking great times, dude. But nevertheless, that's a little fucking, a uh, little intro for fucking how I know Eddie through the band and whatnot. So yeah, man. Fucking um, have a great conversation with Eddie Casillas. Talk about pretty much the beginning, the inception, even before they started Voodoo Glow Skulls Band. And um, to when they got with Doctor Strange, released their fucking record. And, um... 
moved on to Epitaph and fucking pretty much from playing backyard parties all the way to the fucking, uh, to the Kremlin, dude, in fucking Moscow and Russia, man. So fuck yeah, man. So other than that, fucking, uh, I just want to let you guys know, thank you very much and fucking enjoy this fucking podcast, episode three, fucking Yeah Mad podcast with, uh, Eddie Casillas from, uh, Voodoo Glow School Band. Peace out, guys. Late. Burning down, down by the riverside, down by the riverside, down by the riverside. I'm gonna lay my burden down, down by the riverside. Ain't gonna study yeah. And what's up with you, dude? Fucking, uh, what was your first band? How the fuck did you even get into the world of music, dog? Rock and roll, per se, and, you know. The first bands? Well, it's weird. I think. Thinking back, it was it was kind of funny to say it was when eight tracks were out when we used to live in Santa Ana. We were like we were I was how old was I? I was I was had to have been like nineteen seventy seven, seventy eight, something like that. Here I was born, dude. Yeah, we got that was the time of 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 eight tracks, and I think we were. I always get confused with the time frame. You know all this. You know all this weed smoking. Mm-hmm. But I think it was, uh, I was around six years old, seven years old, and we lived in Santa Ana for a minute in this house for a year or two before we moved uh, into the, my mom's current home in Riverside. I had, uh, we, we had, had like the Happy Days 8 track, I think. It was like the, back then, like the show Happy Days was a huge deal or something. With the Fonz? With the Fonz. I think the Fonz was on the on the cover of it. Ron Howard and shit? I met, I met, uh, yep. Uh, no, uh, Henry Winkler. The Fonz. Well, yeah. the, the the little red-headed dude was on the show, though. But the Fonz was the a star. The red-headed dude? Yeah. The yeah, Ron Howard, Howard and shit? Ron Howard. And, the, and who's the lady? Who's the girl? The dark-haired chick. The dark-haired chick. Uh, Squiggy, too, No. No, that's fucking <laughs> retard over here, dog. That, that's Laverne and Shirley, but you, know, but, <laughs> but, you, but you were born when that shit was like barely like, coming out. That was like the number one shows on 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 fucking TV back then. It was you know that, that and Sanford and Son or something? Yeah, yeah, all, all, all that stuff. I think Sanford and Son was 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 before that. But the, the but yeah, but going back to the little eight track shit. That yeah, that's that's when the, I guess we we had eight tracks, and I want to say the first one that I remember. Was the one with the fonts on the the fonts on it like the, like the iconic you know like the like, cover? Yeah, yeah. The 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 label on the eight track was a picture of the fonts going like a with his thumb out. You know, <laughs> All like, cool and shit with leather jacket. Yeah, and shit. yeah. It's like a famous photo. You know, that's like it's like the photo that that, that they use for the for the fonts is eight by ten or something. It's funny too, dude. Like that's like persona. Like the Dice Man ended up having that persona, huh? The leather jacket and the pomp and all that shit. Oh, wait, my dogs are barking. Going crazy. My dogs are barking. Somebody's What's up? here, dog. The cops. Hey, stop! All right. <laughs> How's it sound? Is it, clear? it sounds cool, dude. Fucking, it sounds real. It's get, all right. Get in your place. Go. Get the fuck in your place. There we go, dude. Sorry about the dog. Oh, it's all good, dude. Um, but yeah, dude. So fucking uh, that was a track from that show. Yeah, I think that was one of the first soundtracks we had. Somehow, we were just somehow gravitated towards you know like most somehow. I guess my parents must have like 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 uh, you know like music somewhat. My dad had a vinyl collection, mm-hmm. which 
it's weird to think about the, you know, like these days. At one point, they're they're playing records, you know, on this on this turntable that's still in my mom's mom's garage to this day. What like was in that the, collection, dude? That your dad had, dude. I don't remember much of it, but what well, it was all it was all Latin and you know, like Spanish. Stuff. Okay. I don't think there's any American stuff. Dude, weren't you playing like a Mike, a Mike Laude CD? That's what it was. That's my I, that was my next thing. Is the one that stuck, remember that stuck with us was he had Mike what's his name Laude Mike Laude in a something something band or some uh, shit like that. That was I think Mike Mike Laude and like his like, like his orchestra or some kind totally, of thing like that. Exactly, and yeah. it was just like. Um, those songs, there's like, uh, what's that style called? Is that fucking it, cumbias or like mambo or what is that? Dude, I don't know. Uh, big band type music. Yeah, it's like that type of shit that yeah, like, like big um, band music. what's his name, dude, that had the, in the t- Tijuana Brass. Fucking. Uh, um, uh, Herb Alpert. There you go. That type of shit maybe, but. Uh, uh, Herb, Herb, what is it? Herb Alpert? Yeah, Herb Alpert. But yeah, that, that kind of stuff. Uh, Swing kind of almost? It was kind of like, um, what's his name? Um. Uh, uh, Louis Prima style. There you go, dude. Kind of like a lounge, kind of swingy, loungy, like you know, kind of like big a, band music. Yeah, kind of like the Desi or Des Junior. There style. you go, dude. Exactly, mambo shit. Yeah, Afro Cuban, a little bit. So that was uh, it took us a lot to describe that, huh? I know, fuck, dude. <laughs> these fucking sculptors of fucking uh, defining Did fucking sound. Pretty picture or what? <laughs> it's a masterpiece. Yeah, but that was um, it was like party music though. But we uh. We heard that stuff too. Well, I, I vaguely remember. I, I think those that we played some records here and there, but they didn't play records so much. I think we somehow ended up with 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 eight tracks of the of the Happy Days uh, soundtrack, which had those first rock and roll songs that they would use for the sound. You know, like the you know like the. Uh, I think it had like an Elvis song and a Fats Domino song. Oh damn! Just fucking rock and roll to. The- yeah, like all the classic rock and roll stuff. That would be on the on the Happy Days uh, soundtrack, and then uh, we had other com- like these compilations. We had com- uh, some compilation called like a Funny Bone Favorites or something, and there was those kind that they would have like uh, th- like those uh, those comps that you would see like on the, on like t- you know like, like 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 an infomercial. You know what I mean? Like fucking twelve different bands and shit. Yeah, hits like, of the like, day of the time. Like all the hits of the day, but they were like kind of kind of goofy songs or something like that. But it stuck with us because that's where we heard, that's where we heard the band The Coasters, which we really dude. Way Charlie later Brown on ended up doing Charlie Brown. That's the really that's dog. a direct influence. We basically we we covered a band that we heard on like the first records that we heard, which were which were eight tracks. But I think we had the Funny Bone. You know what? As as a matter of fact, we had the Funny Bone favorites on vinyl. Maybe that was on vinyl. That was on vinyl. Okay. That for sure, was on vinyl. I actually had that in, in my collection up until I sold all all my vinyl like a, like a dumbass in the, around the Spankies days. We used to play this club called the Spankies Cafe in Riverside. Downtown Riverside, right there. Yeah, that was the first like a, like official club club that we played. Yeah, okay, started playing. And it wasn't even. I mean, it was a it was an Italian restaurant. Really? That had a, that had, that, that that somehow ended up had, you know they had shows on 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 this piano stage at first. And then it turned into the Spanky's Cafe, which you know they ended up building a real stage and making it more more of a venue than a restaurant. And it was it was a certain uh, name restaurant. It wasn't called Spanky's, because it was called Spanky's Cafe, right? Spanky's Cafe. Oh, okay. And uh, it was on Main Street in the downtown Riverside Mall, right there. It was a trip, and uh, 
we went to a show that we saw we we, 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 we saw flyers like a Matt Platter, which used, used to be called uh it was a Matt Platter then? Yeah. It was Matt Platter. Or maybe it was called Rhino? It was it was Rhino Records at first, as a matter of fact. I'm pretty sure. And then it was the Matt Matt Platter, but we went we saw flyers, I think, there. and then we we were like, you know, seventeen, eighteen, would drive there, get dropped off there and walk through the mall and there'd be spankies and there'd be the first shows we saw, you know, like I mean we're sick of it all. Really, that's there and like uh, there was no doubt shows, all, all like all all the early shows from that scene, you know, from punk to ska to metal. But yeah, we um, going back though to what we were saying. As far as like you know the first music or yeah, albums. Yeah, we, we 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 covered the coasters, you know what I mean, which was like a off that compilation. That's where it all began yeah. As far as like Dude And as far as instruments and shit dude When did you start fuck, actually fucking with it Like you know started to, to make music Or learn it To play an instrument We took accordion lessons My my brother Frank did My, my brother Frank played the trumpet Like in 4th and 5th grade in, uh, When we were in Santa Ana for, for, we, were, we, we, we lived in Santa Ana for A couple years before we moved to Riverside Um because my parents were in the process of looking for, I think, looking for houses in the IE. They got, they got a win that it was, it was cheaper to, you know, like to move out here and, you know, move. Uh, and get a whole house new. Yeah, get a whole, like, you know, like a brand, like, you know, like a brand new house and a nice, you know, like, you know, like new safe housing track or something and get us out of East L.A. So we ended up in Santa Ana for a while because my uncle lived there, my mom's brother. And we lived there for a couple years. Santana, and that's a Frank was the first one to fuck with instruments. Yeah, Frank. Frank went to uh, went to uh, he was in elementary school there for about third to fifth grade, I want to say, or something. And he 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 played trumpet in band, and he was good at it. I guess I remember going to see him play in like you know little little band little concerts and stuff for for for, for school and in he the multi-purpose room and shit. So that was the first that was the first influences. Frank was playing trumpet and. When we ended up in Riverside, my mom put us in accordion le- uh, in accordion lessons. Uh, just Frank and I. George is too young, I think, at that point. And we just uh, played for a little bit, and it didn't really stick. You know, we just tried. I think I, I tried it for what had to have been like a year or just a few lessons or a few months or something. And then later, I played clarinet in sixth grade. I don't know why I picked that. Somehow, I ended up playing the the clarinet for like. Two three years, uh-huh. and then uh, from there uh, went straight to guitar somehow, like in like in high school. You know what I mean, I think I I ended up playing some guitar like in was it like thirteen or, or or fourteen? So that would be like you know eighth ninth grade. I think Frank had had acoustic guitars and had like a bass guitar, but he didn't really play it. He just had it like people do. They just, just right there in the corner of the room, yeah, chilling, bass, just chilling because you're like, like Iron Maiden. <laughs> Frank Frank was into Steve Harris and I and, and like that was when the first Maiden records were out too you know, so that's how we first started to to play instruments was that that way I guess we learned like Frank played played the trumpet we both played accordion at some point then I started playing clarinet on my own in like sixth grade played that for like the two three years in elementary school and I think I just started playing the guitar that was laying around the house and me- and playing with the bass that was there. 
and that's that's where it started. Eventually got uh, my parents paid for guitar lessons, you know, when I was like 16, 17, like, like you know, 15, 16, I think. And uh, it just went went from there. And what's up with the mu- music at that time, dude? You guys, that's when you guys were into metal? Yeah, we, we were into metal, but we were also into whatever was going on in, in the 80s. But we gravitated towards towards metal a little bit more for for some reason. But I think that just, that kind of overpowered what else we were into. Because Frank kind of like... Most people that are young, kind of, you go through like you know, you you figure out what you like and you try different things. He was, Frank was like a mod. Frank used to, well, well, I mean, I'll, I'll go back to what I remember. I think the first music stuff that Frank was into after he didn't play instruments anymore or anything like that was he was a part of a DJ crew. And that's in high school age. That's that yeah that that's high school for him. He would go and that had to have been like yeah ninth tenth grade for Frank. He would go with his DJ crew the Uribe brothers that were from Riverside and uh, he, he would DJ uh, or he was like an assistant, you know, he would just go like, just kind of hang out and, and help those guys out. But I don't know exactly what he did. He might, he was just part of their crew. You know what I mean? And there was a DJ crew and they would go and, uh, and, and DJ backyard parties and stuff like that. Like that's, that's the thing to do in the eighties. You know you know what I mean? So he, uh, they, they, they would go and they would play dance music and stuff like that. And, Frank was full on like that that mode, and we, at that point, I was just getting in the guitar on my own, I guess, because the instruments were laying around the house. I think you know, and so I got. I think I convinced my mom to pay for guitar lessons, and so Frank was into that. But he, we also kind of always had our foot in, in, in the door to like um, to what was going on, I guess. You know, which was like that was the time of early MTV. You know, so that 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 was a thing. Uh, so that influenced you across the board, and then yeah. rap too, though, right? Yeah, well, rap was a, was was a big deal because Frank was more in the, the Frank was a DJ. That's pre hip. That was pre hip hop type shit, so right? That was like the I remember hearing, the beginnings remember in essence, being, right? I remember being around when like the first NWA records were out, like I, you know, like came out and were like you know, were like DJ like club remixes of. And they were called NWA in the Posse, right? Yeah, I, I don't remember that, but. And I think I remember Dr. Dre's group before that. World class wrecking crew, right? Maybe. And there's some other because yeah, all like that shit, maybe, like maybe, that yeah. Arabian Prince. When we were just talking about JJ Fad and all that shit, yeah, that shit that, that came stuff. That's all the stuff that was around when Frank was was in his, in his crew, like his DJ crew. That was like 15, 16 years old for Frank. Well, they were spinning, but at, at the, the time. same time, he had other friends that came around that were like that were stoner, like heavy metal guys. That could be in a movie about stoner heavy metal guys like those like those the classic movies. dudes the classic dudes that those films are about scorpions yeah, we, iron maiden yeah we we were around i was around to see that because i was a little kid like 12 13 up until you know like you know like 15 16 of course all that that, that whole time was that was the era for for like new wave and and the first rap and like heavy metal that was like kind of the golden time age or whatever you would call it like of music days, i guess you know there's a lot of shit great shit stuff, coming because out because that was the first mtv which played all of it you know at some point they played all of it they played i saw iron Maiden. oh hell yeah movies, dude you know i remember the run to the hills video and the and the trooper i think the, i think it was a trooper or no um flight of icarus video there's all uh, there was all kinds of uh there was there was iron man and then the, and then there was other video shows too like uh like Night Flight, 
I don't remember that, that but I've USA, heard of it. That was on the USA Network, I think, if I remember right. Back in the day, like when 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 MTV first came out, I want to say those other video channels or, or shows at least, like Friday Night Videos or something like that, stuff too. Like that, yeah, that would play shit too. So you get cool, like a glimpse of cool stuff, you know, of a cool cool heavy metal band or new wave band or and th- and there was a that was a time of like the same thing, like like smaller like little cable. Not not necessarily like just like smaller network, like more regional and shows, shit. Exactly, not like, national. You like know what channel mean? Like, nine here, KCT, like channel nine, which is like well, like like one of the main channels from you know like you know like two through thirteen or whatever. Was I think channel nine had like ROV or one of those shows or M- MV three. It was or something. It was like all these shows that came on that were around like that had. That would be that would play videos for an hour or two. That was the golden era of that. So there was like kind of like copycat M- M- MTV shows, but M- I mean the, the they were twenty four hours, of course, or you know. But and MTV survived or whatever yeah, blew that, up. That, well, that was the network. That okay. Was like, that, that, that was like the model, I guess. You know, but it was a trip because we were influenced by all all that stuff, and they played everything. So, but then you know you, you gave me that point. I think it had more 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 to do with with, with being a kid at the. At, at, at that time, where you have to identify with one of with with one of, with like one or the other, exactly. You have to do one or the other. You have to you got to decide. You know what you're gonna be. Otherwise, you might get shit. You might <laughs> a poser. This guy's into this yeah, and that. Like, like, come yeah, on, pick already. And, Crew hopper and style. I know that's just you, you know being like in, like you know like a kid, adolescence and shit. Yeah, being insecure adolescent, but uh, it's a trip. To think back to where, like, now I like all that stuff. You know what I mean? I like all that. I like some of it more. I mean, I always love heavy metal. Mm-hmm. But, like, there was stuff that you weren't supposed to like because it wasn't cool. You know what I mean? Because you were in the in the heavy metal clique with, with your buddies growing your hair long or trying to grow your hair long. <laughs> he said trying. Playing your first heavy metal band. Yeah, I had fucked up, like, weird, weird, thick, coarse Mexican hair that wouldn't grow. I mean, I, 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 I was always at that threshold, that point. To where, you know, it's it was a point of no like the point of no return, and I always went stop there. Oh, uh, you didn't it didn't cross the line. Nope. It was like fucking at the threshold. Exactly the threshold of it. I was like oh, and I, I just didn't let it go full on for some reason. So I don't know if that was a sign. It was long. It, probably, it looked long, but <laughs> it, it wasn't long. like girl long. <laughs> it wasn't like like Jerry had like you know glam rock girl that long. Fucking. And because uh, you guys like, I remember uh, I even seen flyers at the store, dude. Like uh, those old shows that you guys would go to that the De Anza Theater here in Riverside. Yeah. Like um, you know Rat, you bands like that. And um, you guys, I think you guys seen Slayer there and Social Distortion. Yeah, man. I saw. Yeah, we we saw everybody. We uh, the first shows there uh, that was pre Spankies too. That era, the De Anza Theater. That was pre Spankies for sure. Yeah, like we saw. I saw Social Distortion, like a few shows. I might have forgotten about, about a couple shows, but the main, the one that, ones that stick out are the Social Distortion show on the Prison Bound Tour, which is, I think is 84 or 85-ish, somewhere, somewhere around there, was a, was a Prison Bound Tour. Um, so how old, how old was I there? I said, well, yeah, you won. I was 13. Okay. We would get dropped off, or we would go with Frank, who was like, 17 and could drive or something, you know. And we saw Social Distortion with DI and a couple other bands. Um, Twisted. 
Yeah, yeah when I was in Twisted. Oh, Vince, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Vince, yeah. Sir Vince talks was, a lot. Yeah, Vince was a... Uh, the Selly. Vince wasn't in that one. Oh, that version? That, that rendition? That, I think Vince came a little later, I think. Okay. But that was a memorable show, man. It was, you know, I think, sold out social distortion show. Like, like, Crazy, like they've dude. always done. And what's up with fucking up? Uh, I, I don't think the dog agrees with any of this shit. <laughs> I know, this motherfucker's hey, going crazy, place. dude. Hey, get in your place. Your <laughs> shit place. is cracking here, dude. Get in your place. And um, as far Shut as too, and, and what you guys, you, you've seen you've seen a bunch of classic shows too, like Iguanas, like when that whole shit was blowing up, like uh, original same, Iguanas, right? Same, same, time. same time? Yeah, we saw, um, getting back to, to the De Anza, though, they had that, and then they had, um, they had a lot of... Uh, a lot of international or, or or like national bands, I guess. You know, we uh, I think Rat Rat played there. I, I missed the Rat show. Like Rat, you know, like they they played there back in the day. Um, I saw Poison there, which is kind of funny. You know, damn glam rock when I was like you know fourteen. You know what I mean? With the lights, makeup, and everything. Yeah, and there was a badass show though. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah, we I mean we we went. I mean we 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 bought tickets. We sought it out. It was a that was a big record. You know, like the their first album. So it was like. Glam rock, a little bit of punk, but mostly glam rock, you know, kind of watered down. Right. But they were great. The show was awesome. It blew, it, it was blew flashier and, and cooler. There's like seeing Kiss. Really? It was like a big, you know, a big fucking production in a small, you know, like a small theater, you know. They did that shit right. You know, poised for fucking superstardom. You know, it was, it was good. But um, I saw that too. So we were kind of always in every, I, I, I guess what that sums that up is we were kind of into it all. Because well, the same... Probably the same year I saw, uh, I saw the Social D, D show, and then I saw another punk show. I'm sure, but then I saw Poison and and Lizzie Borden or something. Damn, which is like another like like cool band to see there was you know like a legendary live show for being around like in '85 '86. You know, that's fucking awesome. Was dude. That band too. That was seeing like I was like seeing like a. So like a like, like a mini like 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 an indie Alice Cooper show meets Kiss type of show. You know what I mean? Damn, dude. Yeah, they put on a hell of a show, man. It was you know he like you know fake like you know like chops a girl's head off. <laughs> You're watching that like in a theater that holds like 600 people or something like that. <laughs> that's funny, dude. So that that was tight, and that that's actually like like a famous. <laughs> um, they filmed the, the the tour that I saw him, him on. Uh, he uh, they filmed the show at the Country Club in Reseda. And the, the place is still movie. around, huh? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I think it's the place where that's where they film Boogie Nights too. Oh, okay, that's the club scene in Boogie Nights. I think is the Country Club in Reseda, or at least it looks like like just like the place that I used to go see shows. Yeah, I used to go see shows at back when I was like 15, 16. You know, like, like my first punk rock shows too. You know? Really, all the way out there? Because that's yeah. the fucking valley of LA, huh? Yeah, I think I was a little old. I think I'm, I'm the, my time my time frame was a little off. I think I was more like 18, 19. Back when Spanky's was 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 going down, we would. I got. I think I was driving a car that I got handed down from my parents, and I would be and I would drive uh, to see uh, shows there. I saw. I think I saw Bad Religion on the No Control tour. Okay. There, with like Down by Law, like No Effects were were the old. Damn, dude. It was like I mean No Effects was was supporting. That's a killer lineup right there. Something like that. I, don't quote me on that, but I think that was the show. It was, but that I saw, I might have seen No Effects head, headline there, but they might have not even been at that at that stat at, 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 at that you know at that level yet. They were, 
I think I saw them with Bad Religion and Down by Law and maybe Jughead's Revenge. Like that that whole era of shows, you know what I mean? That, 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 that all, all those bands were around. Like the first Epitaph Records bands, you know? And uh, yeah, I saw the last Gorilla Biscuits show there. Oh shit, that was right here on the, on the West Coast, dude? I think so. God damn. Or at least the last one Le- the West the, the Coast. La- their last one. West that much, but that I saw that only there. a couple I'll, times, right? Yeah, they played at the really, club. dude. Yeah, I I just forget. I think it was, that was when would that have been then? That would have been eighty. That would have been like ninety or like eighty nine or something. Damn, like that. dude. Yeah, but we would drive out to shows right 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 around when we were going to our first club shows here and playing our first club shows. I would go. Go see bands, you know, and that's right. like pre that's pre internet, all that shit, right? Yep, dude. Um, and then fucking like as far as like bands like fucking um, I don't know for instance like you know ska bands like yeah. um specials and shit. Yep, you were in a shit like that, right? Oh yeah, we um, well we there's a lot of ska bands here. In River, I mean here in Riverside, I th- but the first ska stuff that we heard was a two tone stuff that Frank would bring bring home. Frank was uh. A little older than us, you know. He's 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 four years older than me, so he kind of already was at the age where he would know what was up, and, and his friends would influence him. I'm sure he would hear about stuff, and like I said, MTV was around then too. So we would, uh, you know, we you know, I mean, we knew about bands because of that. So we would, uh, Frank would bring home the first specials records, I think. The first Madness records. Frank was a mod for a while when he was 15, 16. You know, Frank went from being being a DJ to being like a, like a ska mod kid for a while. With with I mean, he I, I mean, with the Vespa you know, scooter and the little, like the coat. Yeah, he had the yeah. I mean, he had the parka, the Vespa scooter, and would go on you know like you know like scooter rallies and you know was in, into the jam and like you know the jam quadrophenia. You know, and but then he was in the ska too, which went like, kind of hand in hand, almost with a mod thing. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. What's going on, in, you know, at that time in England, I guess. I don't want to say weird, but all those John Cusack movies have that, those little songs, those. Yeah, uh, he was a big fan. Sound. I think. Yeah, him, 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 and I'm sure that you know, like, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, John Hughes. Oh, totally, dude. They, you know, like the famous '80s director. They had, I mean, that was the music that was around, and that's probably what those guys liked. Totally. Like, like, Even know? little characters dressed up as those dudes. Yeah. Fucking trippy, dude. Yeah, it's a trip, man. That that whole thing. So we uh, we we were listening to the, uh, I mean, the first two tone albums, and so the ska thing was a was a big part part of it too. So we kind of kind of liked it all. I mean, we I remember mostly identifying those a heavy metal kid or like, you know, a Hessian bro. <laughs> really? You know I mean? And who was your band? The band, uh, yeah. Who's our band? Yeah, like as far as like your but your metal band, like this they is were the fuck- all like kind of equal, I think. Yeah, I mean, you had your favorites for a while when that record came out, or what, 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 but we was we loved Iron Maiden and like and just as much like you know, I mean, we're into Judas Priest, we're into Dio, we we were into Ozzy, but I think I was more like obviously I gravitated towards the guitar bands that were like. No, well, I mean the ones that had like you know like, like dual guitar players and like, did a little bit more, I guess. And that's I mean, a band like Iron Maiden too, though, right? Yeah, like you know Maiden and Priest. You know they had like dual guitar lead 
guys. You know what I mean? That 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 kind of stuff was a you know leaves a big impact when you're you know first discovering guitar and you like rock music and stuff. You know, and just mad shredding. Yeah, you know what I mean. So we, I think that's how we ended up doing the the band. I mean, that's a, a direct influence on the band. I mean, I mean, Voodoo Glow Skulls is a weird thing for sure. It's part Iron Maiden and it's part Specials, you know, part Madness. Uh, and of, you know, it, it might sound serious, but there, I mean, there's some. I mean, we have a lot of sense of humor. There's a, a lot of. A, a, a lot of Richard Pryor in there. I mean, even if you don't hear it at all, which you probably don't, it's there. Like, a direct influence, for sure. Oh, hell yeah, dude. You know, songs that, you know, Fat Randy and or, and and Orlando's not here, you know, there's a sense of humor coming from that. Shit, you seen Orlando on fucking Cinco de Mayo, dog? Yeah, we just hung out, man. It's crazy. <laughs> hell yeah, it's crazy, dude. Yeah, Orlando's doing good. I'm glad to hear it. He's all, uh, he's all responsible. And, oh, hell yeah, dog. Good. At least as far as... That's the impression he gave me. Oh, no, dude. It was funny because when I talked to him, I'm like, damn, dog. <laughs> I was just telling him about back in the day. He's all, fuck. He, he told me, he's like, I remember you were afraid to smoke weed, dog. I didn't even smoke weed until I was 18, dog. I used to, that's how I learned how to roll. I would just roll joints. Yeah. Yeah, you're, dude. You're a proper joint roller. That's a, that's a mean little skill, huh? Skills right there. The good skills. I had to. Use a dollar and <laughs> and fail fucking miserably a bunch of times. Fuck it, dude. Yeah. And as far as the the band, like you, who'd you start jamming with first? Homies, friends around the neighborhood. Um, I mean, was it Frank and uh, George first? He started fucking with shit, or you uh, you started doing shit on your own. I want to say it was George and Jerry and I were really the first ones, and then later on, so, but somehow right around the same time though. We jammed with our friend Dave. Uh, Stri- we used to call him Striper Dave at some point because he was in the Striper. Like the, the band Striper? Yeah, he, he was a Christian rock dude. <laughs> he, was a Christian he-, he was a Christian heavy metaler that was in my, that, w- that went to high school with us, that lived right across the street from the high school that we went to, that, which is. Novi? Yep. Went to Nordavista High School in Riverside. And, the, and the, um, Striper Dave lived and, and still lives. On the corner house of Gaylord Street, which is, which is hilarious. Yeah, there's a little white Toyota pickup right there, right? Yep, yeah. that's his. That's his truck still. He lives there still, and he still kills it on, on on the drums. I'm sure. I'm sure he's better than ever. But he. Was, <laughs> but, but he. he but nobody's play, ever gonna know. <laughs> but he could play double bass. He could. That was his thing. Yeah, he could kill it. Like he. Uh, he's. He's still good. I'm. I'm sure. I've seen him once in a while. Once in a great while, I'll see him or I'll stop by there, you know, talk for a while. Cool. But he was, at some at some, at some point, um, Jerry was playing the drums and then moved over to bass. Bass I guitar? Know, I, don't that... know, I don't know why. And then Homeboy took over. And then we found we had a Dave driver. And that was Dave somehow. We ended up playing with Dave. I don't know why Jerry didn't play the drums. I think Jerry... That was that when Jerry moved to Costa Rica for a while. I don't remember. Jerry moved away for a while, like for a summer or six months or a year. I forget how long. But I don't know if there was a time. Maybe it's not even the same couple years. But somehow we ended up playing with my friend Dave, who went to high school with all of us, and he was the drummer. And that's when we were doing like a, like a, trying to actively we were we were practicing and we were doing a heavy metal band. Like 
Straight up. We were even a Christian heavy metal band at some point. <laughs> Just You're lying, let, dude. Yeah, just, that's right. Just because I think, <laughs> this said I think just because Dave, we were just trying to like go along with the with what the with what Dave was into. Because you just have a drummer and have somebody yeah, play so with it you guys. Was a phase. We went we we went to Christian rock shows. Really, dude. Yeah, I went to uh, we went to Christian heavy metal shows for like when we were we were 16 or something. But we were in the Motley Crew, you know, and then in Iron Maiden before that stuff. That's crazy because the roots of that, like you know, that, oh, fuck, I can't even stand that band, dude. The POD band, yeah. that's the dude, fucking Christian rock, fucking, uh, dude. Those fucking seeds were planted back then in the eighties, dude. That's crazy, dog. Yeah, oh no, we that, that was a, that, was a look, bands. We went that little scene exploded, right? Yeah, we used to see like like underground heavy metal. Uh, I mean, underground Christian heavy metal bands that were that were from here, you know, that were from around here. Like we, there was a band, I think they're called. Holy Right, that was the name of the band, and they were damn Holy Right, Holy Right, and I remember the song. <coughs> and even it's just metal, like, huh? That's that's on YouTube for sure. But they were a big we, band in that scene. In that scene, they would like we would go see them, and they would like preach in between songs, and not to <laughs> disrespect, but I remember being a kid going, it just wasn't for me. I was like, you gonna be kidding me and shit? Yeah, I was. Just I've always felt uncomfortable, but it was a means to go see heavy metal bands and to just go hang out and be like part of a scene because you couldn't always go see Iron Maiden or something. You right, know, you're, a little, you're a little kid and you're you know kind of broke and your parents will parents will buy you tickets. I remember just like kind of broke. Go, do the plea, plea, do the plea for like mom. <laughs> I mean, ima- came well, it came out out of with reasoning. Imagine this. Ima- imagine this. This one said the plea, to dog. Go mom and dad, or mom, or whatever. Could we go see Judas Priest? Think about that. He just had to Could beg, we go see dude. Iron Maiden at Long Beach Arena. I had cool motherfucking parents because somehow I ended up at seeing cool shit. You know, when I was 14, 13, getting dropped off. Hell yeah, that's what's up, dude. They let you, know, you do what was going us, on at yeah, the time. They could have been asshole cool, parents and said, fuck oh, that. You ain't going nowhere. Oh, that would have been over. All yeah. the respect to them. It's crazy, man, to think about now, considering how Catholic my mom is and how she... It's weird. There was... They... I don't know. I guess there were fucking pushovers, too, man. It's fucking... It's so nice of them, though, that they... They let us go to shows. They dropped us off, you know? And we'd go out on a date in L.A. or something. <laughs> Oh, my kids are watching Dio with White Snake. Oh, that's like, badass. Dude. Shit like that. You know what I mean? But yeah, I saw some cool shows, and uh, that was that was. But you, you, but you couldn't always. Yeah, I mean, getting back to what I was saying, you couldn't always go see that. So I think we were into it so much. Now that I looking back, because I never really thought about it this way till right now. Just seeing and being in live music scene. Yeah, just being a part be of it too. The scene we were playing with this Christian drummer who was a cool dude and great drummer. Great. I mean, I mean, he was, he was, but he was after. Christian. <laughs> That's fucked up, dog. But you know what? I, mean? I know what you mean. You like it just for that. You have to accept or, you know, be comfortable with that little element of whatever you're doing. But I mean, rest the of little, it, fuck like, it. It's cool. The little element, Christian of, element, like the, little, the little element of, of uncomfortableness. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like, fuck, dude, you know, you guys are bullshit. Just fucking cut the religion out and let us fucking rock. But fuck it. It's cool. You know, you know, they have a Christian porn now, dog. <laughs> no, I'm fucking with you, though. But that's oh, crazy. Man. I didn't know you were. You, you guys fuck with someone. that. Huh? <laughs> I didn't know you guys fucked with it like that with that dude, dude. Yeah, that's that and was. And that's a pre, crazy scene, dude. Pre-band I'm in now. Pre-pre Voodoo Glow Skulls was that. It was um. Yeah, it was uh. 
we had we would jam and we, t- we took it seriously. We never played gigs. We just we're, we're like learning, I guess. And we were trying to copy our favorite bands. I'm sure we had songs and would write lyrics and stuff. And it was all Christian heavy metal at some point. And we're like, I think we're just like, nah, this is bogus. <laughs> so we just didn't play anymore. I think with that guy and Jerry. That was around the time when Jerry went kind of back to playing the drums. He kind of dabbled in bass for fun. Jerry was a Jerry's always been uh, decent musician. Yeah, yeah. That's this is Jerry O'Neill, you know, the original original drummer of of Voodoo Glow Skulls, by the way. And fucking, uh, cause dude, like uh, even that fool acts funny, dude. Like he'll like uh, do an impression of a fool playing a bass when a song's playing, and he'll he'll play the you can he'll play the parts, dog. It's pretty cool. It's funny. Oh, yeah. I never I never knew that fool played bass like that in a band though, dude. Oh, it's just like you know. Uh, <laughs> with long hair? Yeah, well, he would just be. I mean, he's one of. The, he's just a music theory, you know, like a like like a little lesson away from being able to play. Play was, anything? You know, yeah, he could. Yeah, he just has the thing where you could pick up a guitar and like strum and like and like groove, rhythm, all that shit. Yeah, just yeah. Coordination, exactly. fucking, just all musically inclined. Musically inclined is the best way to put it. Thank you. Because he do like even like when we listen like it's funny because it's like all this like eighty shit like I've been listening to shit lately, but uh. Even like when an 80s song will come on and there'll be a piano part or a keyboard part, that fool will play it, dude. Yeah. And then like when the special would just go, Bring! dude, it's hilarious, dude. But yeah, we somehow he ended up playing the drums. Yeah, getting back to that. And uh, we started to write songs and eventually turned it into a band. I mean, the next band, which is, I guess, Voodoo Glow Skulls came a few, a few years after that. But we still had other little bands. That, we, had, we had other little bands in between. People you guys were jamming with, yeah. Jerry and I had another band with this guy named John. Uh, Sorry, man, my dog's barking in the background. I know, fucking yeah. Calm down, fool. (laughs) Hey, get in your place. Good watchdog, though. But calm down. (laughs) At attention. But yeah, we would. We had another band with this guy named John Searing that would went to high school with us, and. uh, it was right at that right at, at right at the end of high school, pretty much for me. We uh, we had this band that was like a cover band, pretty much. We had a couple we had a couple uh, of originals too, and it was kind of like like it not kind of like an eighties rock band, I guess we described it. We were like we could play like the songs by the Cult, you know that we would like like the Cult was a big rock band back then at the time. Yeah, it wasn't. It was more like like lean, like 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 leaning towards like the Cure and the Cult, that kind of stuff. Damn. You know I mean? And you're on guitar. That fool was on drums. Jerry. Jerry was yeah, and then yeah, John played bass. What and up, sang. fool? What up? Chilling, dog. What up, dog? What you been up to? Same shit. Hell yeah, dog. No, Jerry's practicing right now. Well, yeah, and then we can just unload. We can just unload it. I, I, I thought that, that that was the plan. I thought I, I thought you didn't want to un- unload it tonight. I, I, I must have misunderstood. Fucking, I'm not even gonna lie, dog. Fucking, uh, I fucking even from the beginning, dude. I've been stoned like a motherfucker, dog. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I'm fucking. I'm just sitting there, just looking at you, going, "Fuck yeah, dog." Yeah, I was like, "Dude, talk, say something, motherfucker." That's cool. We, 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 we could do other takes of it too. I mean, I'm yeah. not worried about it. It's all good. Hell yeah, dude. I mean, uh, we we could uh, 
do like a second crack at it at some point too if you want. I'm totally fine with it. I mean, totally your your call. Cool, dude. I, I don't want to sound stupid or sound. <laughs> It's all good, dog. Dude, I'm, I'm kind of stoned too. Oh, dude, I was just fucking. I was thinking about right now. I was like, fuck, dude. But I was tripping out on that Christian fucking um metal shit, dude. Yeah, um, we. It's weird because it's kind of huge. It's funny because the 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 shit. You, I was thinking about fucking Harvest has big old fucking events, dude, and fucking. I'm there's, tri- there's, there's festivals I didn't know. Totally, uh, dog. That's what I'm getting at, dog. Festival, I think I heard about. Yeah, um, yeah, dude. Fucking a. There's a. I don't know that much about that stuff, but there's festivals. There's Christian rock, rock. Yeah, festivals. dude. But there was already those seeds were planted even before the stuff. Really, dude. Uh, I'm I'm sure, but in the '80s we were into that stuff. There was they they must have been doing okay because I remember going to shows and there was being a good amount of people at some of those shows and. Yeah, there's even like it's funny even with like comedy they have a fucking Christian comedy scene and all that shit, dude. I didn't fucking Tyler Perry and all that shit came out of that shit too, dude. I mean, it wasn't like fucking comedy. It's more like fucking plays and shit, but, you know. Oh, really? oh okay. You know, you'd be Christian comedians. Christian comedians. Give it up for the Lord, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> y'all. Moses. Um, but that's fucking crazy, dude. And fucking, you guys were jamming for what, like three years or two years before fucking Frank came in the mix? Uh, yeah, we were, we, were, we were jamming for a while. Well, we had we had this other band, uh, Say What You Will. That's what, that, that's what it was called. And that's after the band you had with uh, uh, the cover band? That cold no, that tra- was that band. That was that band? That oh, okay. was that band with John. Uh, that, the guy, John, that we that sang and played bass. Oh, okay. And it was sort of like... He had sort of like a... a I want to say like a Morrissey vibe going on almost, pretty much. With the singing and shit? I, I, I mean, actually, for sure, that's what he had going on. That's that's what he had going on. Uh, now, now, now they look back... But I'm sure, like the, that was kind of the thing back then, though, too. The look, or what? But he, he was uh, like a singer-songwriter type dude, and we just met him somehow through through high school, I guess, and ended up jamming with him and kind of clicked for a while. Yeah, I, I played guitar, and Jerry played drums, he played bass and sang, and we played backyard parties. And what in that time? What are you guys dressing like and shit? Stupid. The same or fucking I was just Converse. Just, I was just stupid. <laughs> um, it was the, whatever. What was the clothes then, man? It was like because right now when George walked in, I didn't fucking, wear Cavaricis or anything. Oh, uh, none of that shit. <laughs> no, but he, but, but John probably did. He was definitely like a GQ for like nineteen for like my for like high school eighties. A uh, little fucking little cuffed up the little pants on the bottom yeah, and all that shit. I used to cuff up my pants though. I used to, <laughs> I used to have like leave like. Just like jeans, I was always awkward. Uh, That's like what white Levi's uh, days, yeah, huh? I was always like, you know, tall, super tall, and kind of awkward, and and a little overweight. So I I, uh, I would wear like Levi jeans and like and like cuff them at the bottom, like a lot of people did. And then I don't remember the shoes, man. It's funny. <laughs> Vans. Probably like probably Vans for sure, but not even like cool. Skater style for that. <laughs> that was before. That was like when Vans first came out, like in the early eighties. That's like, when they had the, the just like, the red and black ones and the yeah, like, yeah, and like the blue old, and red, the, like like the original MTV to like checkered. Like, yeah, like nineteen eighty two, like the back then. Like, you know, you think of Van Halen and old old California, you know, like SoCal or rad. Vans was cool then, but then uh, Vans were still around, but I'm sure wore other shoes. That's funny. We're talking about. I thought Kenny shoes was around. We're huh? talking about eighty shoes. <laughs> I probably wore some funky ass shoes. I'm sure. Penny loafers were around, right? Yeah, pro- I probably wore like top siders or something. <laughs> so I did we'll have top siders, dog. But I think that was more like I was a that was more like grade school. <laughs> I, 
I don't. I don't know. But um, yeah, we were. You know, I'm pretty sure I, I had a funny, a funny '80s hair, haircut. That you know. Because uh, Jerry, like, there's a picture of that fool at the store that had that little fucking um, that British little cut off with the sleeves, and he had his long hair and shit. Yeah, Looked, Jerry, like Axl Rose and shit. Yeah, Jerry had real long hair for a while. Like it turned into glam rock hair. <laughs> like he had like he he had like big like like guy from Poison type hair. But um, he had like the Tony Hawk. We all had like 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 the famous Tony Hawk to the side. Yeah, like like the side, like the bang. Like like every kid did did that. So we did that. So my hair was kind of like, I mean, there's there's embarrassing photos for sure um, <laughs> that have been posted before, like on on Instagram and Facebook. But they're um, throwback Thursdays and shit. Yeah, and like with a big the bang, the bleach streak or something, like bleach hair with like a bang and like shaved on the side or something. We used to have we used to, it was all about the skater hair. You know, like it was all about whatever you saw like in the media and it was it was skateboarders like. Like Tony Hawk and everybody else, and uh, people on MTV. So it was like Duran Duran to Iron Maiden to yeah, it's a lot of shit cracking, dude. All those hairstyles, and then uh, yeah, and clothing styles too, huh? Yeah, same clothes. Yeah, that 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 determined all of it, you know. So we, you know, we we dressed apart, I guess. I, I never dressed that. I I never wanted that much attention because I was so tall and you, you could see me. So I. You'd have to stand to not, out. Not stand out, not be flamboyant. It was always kind of like... That extra know, fucking look at me. Yeah, just be low pro, be in the cut. You know, I was kind of quiet and shy. Like too. Snoop Dogg. Stay yeah, low, don't, you don't low in wear, the cut like I told your ass. You don't want to wear stripes or polka dots. <laughs> Back in the days where the fucking motherfuckers were killing their hair with moose, huh? Yeah, oh yeah. I, <laughs> I killed a couple mooses. <laughs> and, uh, and what happened with that other fool? Just like after a while, I just said, fuck it. Oh yeah, I think I don't I don't remember how that stuff ended. We kind of ended up. I think it fizzled out after high school. I want to say, and we ended up just playing with Jerry. Always going back to well, Jerry was post playing the drums at that that time for a while because we had just done that band with that guy. And I think George just played the bass. He was old enough to play the bass. He was like sixteen. Okay. And we just started to jam with George. I, we started to show him the bass. Started to play at my parents' house, and we just did our first practices in a bedroom at my parents' house, and it turned into the band Voodoo Glow Skulls. We just would jam in the in the bedroom. I think I sacrificed my bedroom after Frank was already out out of the house. Frank would come to the house, and he would jam with us after work. We just asked him to jam one day. He'd come, and he started to just shout lyrics into a mic, and we. Just, that's how we learned how to do it. And you guys already had the songs written or constructed, or you guys started it with him? We had our first little songs, I'm sure. And he just added the lyrics? And then we just had, started to add, add vocals, write stuff down, you know. And what's up with the, what was the first gig, dude? And how long did it take you guys to get to the first gig? Uh, took us, couldn't have been more than like a year or six months of playing. And we played a backyard party. And were you critical of like, you know, let's get ready and be badass before we go out there and have a little plan, fucking set list and all that shit, or just fucking, it just evolved? That's a good point, man. I, I think we must have had a, an order or a set list, but I honestly don't remember. I think, I want to say there was set list. We were always pretty good about that, but we practice a lot, so we must have had a set list. Because you're, you're more of a technician. You all, you fucking have shit like, you're like the orchestrator, right? 
I mean, I mean, I don't want to say. I don't the even fuck. remember who did it back then. We just we were into it enough. We were we were pretty organized and, and pretty you know determined to fucking yeah. We we played a lot, so we 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 practiced a lot. So we, I think we did the order of band practice. I want to say. But I wish I could tell you exactly, man. It's been so long. It's all good, dude. And as far as like fucking, so you guys played the first show and shit, and you guys thrashed it, and fucking, was it all the homies? You guys fucking flyered yeah, it? Was it? All the, uh, it was all the high school friends, or like, like post high school friends, like right, right on that time. That would just you would go drink beers with up in the field because you couldn't drink at your parents' house <laughs> in the so, field. So you would just ended up playing at somebody's house or something. Yeah. Something like that. Or not the cover, I think. No, no, that was pre that. that. You guys got featured in there? That was our first Friday. That's what it was. Yeah, see, so it was just a a backyard party. We just played one. We just played a backyard party in Riverside. You know, played played inside of a house in front of, you know, like 40, 50 kids or something like that. And then it just just snowballed from there, you know. And then right after that, there was that that Spankies was starting to do shows. I think we had played a, a few parties then, and then we ended up with a show at Spanky's. Is one of the, is one of the early, you know, like we played first or something on some shows, and and then that's at the time you guys were already going to shows and all that shit, right? You guys have, yeah. yeah. Spanky's was the spot. Like, if you want, you can sit down, fool, and I'll give you. I'll pass you the mic that way. Fucking, uh, we can get it, you know, recorded that way. That was uh, at the time Spanky's was the spot because. Uh, there was other places to play in the neighboring cities like Fontana and Pomona and places like that, but it was all these obscure venues like the like the Green Door and like all these munchies places that just kind of had more what was going on. I think more like in the '80s, you know. And then you had Spanky's Cafe, where that's kind of where more like the punk bands would play and stuff like that. And that's where kind of a, a scene kind of spawned out of there because. You'd get all the all the local bands from all the neighboring small cities, like like I said, Fontana, Hemet, San Bernardino, and uh, that's kind of what spawned the scene, and it kind of grew from there for Voodoo. That's where we got to kind of build our fan base. You know, before that, it was just backyard parties with like you like you said with our homies and our high school buddies. You know what I mean? And that's where like at Spanky's it started more official. They're like fucking pro style. Yeah, yeah. And then and then when we you know getting out of the backyard scene, you know what I mean? Getting you know? out of the backyard scene, exactly. And then like uh <clears throat> we met Mark Grody, who was in a band called Public Humiliation at the time, and they happened to play Spanky's with us. And that guy had a connection with the Berkeley scene, you know, the East Bay scene up at Gilman. Is that the fool used to wear sandals and shit? Yeah, he grew up in the Orange County punk scene, but uh, you know, he's a straight up hippie. And, you know, came from a family of lawyers who all went to UC Berkeley and they had a house up there and that's where he was living, going to school at the time. And he asked us, hey, you guys want to uh, come up and start playing, you know, the Bay Area. So that was our first kind of taste of going out of our area. You know what I mean? On the road and shit? Yeah, exactly. And uh, once we got into that scene, we kind of figured out that, hey, there's scenes like this everywhere all across our country and for the world for that matter. So we figured out, you know, Book Your Own Fucking Life, which was a magazine where you could kind of network, you could find people that did shows in their basements and, and you know. And maybe, as it's booking maybe, a tour, yeah, right? Yeah, little VFW halls and stuff like that. And you could get on the phone and call them and set up a tour. And that's what this guy Mark Grody did for us. 
In the beginning. In the beginning. And we started going out like that. I think our first tour was, like, I want to say, of, like, Texas, like, the Southwest, New Mexico, places like that, Albuquerque, you know. And uh, we did good, man. And then once we got a taste of that, we just kept on doing it. And just that's how we got to build our base up, you know. And then as far as if you want to grab that other one too, that way fucking real quick, well, this will smoke it and roll water, it's all good. But dude, at that time, fucking, um, so you guys did that shit with Mark Grody and shit, and uh, you guys fucking moved out of the backyard parties, you guys stopped playing backyard parties, started playing clubs. But you guys, as far as the recordings and shit, um, what, what was the first one? It was uh, um, The Old of Tomorrow, The 7 Inch. Is that the first one? You guys actually had shit on tape before that. The Old of Tomorrow, that was put out by a guy named Red Order who had a label called uh, Signal Sound Systems at the time. And was that the first one? Uh, I think so. Uh, Go for it. Hit it, dude. It's all really good. I don't remember anything else before that. Um, so, yeah, we, he put that out. And then I think after that came Rostami's Webbles, I want to say. And that's another seven inch. Yeah, and then we did uh, the dog pal seven inch. And that's when fucking that's when fucking Doctor Strange came into the mix. Stepped into the mix, yeah. Doctor Strange, the way we got on that is we had been playing with all those bands, you know, Rhythm Collision, Gutter Mouth, Face to Face. We played with those bands quite a bit. And where did where did where did that scene evolve from, dude? Doctor Strange Records. But has he always been from Upland, dude? Okay, Alta Loma, yeah. that shit. Yeah, and uh, you know, we became friends with all those bands and we played around them quite a bit. And we just kind of jokingly one night said, "Hey, when are you gonna put our record out?" And he was like, "Are you serious?" And we started talking from there, and then he ended up putting it out. Once we put that record out, we still we were already doing kind of good because we had built ourselves up in the club scene around the country by then. And by that time, how far were you guys touring out? The whole the the entire nation. I think it by that time? By that time, yeah, we already had done that. I want to say even had dipped into Canada by then, because we went to Canada the first time with that guy, Mark Grody. Really? Yeah. And were that time you guys selling t-shirts and seven inches? Or just yeah, patches, stickers? Canada, we pins? Took, we took the base cabinet apart and stuffed all the merch inside the fucking... I had a big-ass base cabinet with two 15s. Mm-hmm. And I fucking... We stuffed my base cabinet with merch and fucking snuck, them in, snuck it into Canada. That was the first time in Canada. Damn, dude, that's fucking crazy. Well, yeah, we built up that, and then by the time Who Is This Is came out, we were doing really good and packing out clubs. You, you know, guys, at that time, were you guys already, do you guys already had a booking agent, or was Frank doing that shit through? At that time, I don't think we'd been booked. And we have been doing it all ourselves, and then we hooked up. DIY, word of mouth, people yeah, hearing about yeah, you guys, seeing you guys once, kill it. Once we had a record out, we hooked up with Tahoe Booking Agency, which was through Skank and Pickle. Um, and Tahoe, you know, they moved on to have bands like Beat 182 and Sublime right. and stuff like that. And that's who's it when th- Who's This Is came out? Yeah, that's, uh, that's when Who's This Is came out. And what, what year did that come out? 93? No. Damn, okay, because uh, it was the 7 inch that came out first, too, though, Dog Power, right? And that one that led, to, led up to the record and uh, I guess the recordings with Doctor Strange and shit? Yeah, and then with the hype off the Doctor Strange record, man, uh, there was a guy, an intern at records at the time named Tony Lee who was a big fan of Voodoo and he'd been playing our Who Is This Is record in the office every day and at the same time we were friends with Rancid uh, you know my brother Frank our singer booked the first uh, Rancid shows out of the Berkeley area in Southern California for them and uh, we built a relationship with them early on with Tim and 
Matt and uh, they had just signed Epitaph and they had, they had been telling Mr. Brett about it at the same time that he'd been hearing our CD not knowing what it was in the office every day by this guy named Tony Lee who was an intern at the time and uh, Brett asked Tony Lee who the band was that he'd been playing he said Voodoo Glow Skulls and he put two and two together from what Rancid had told him and okay. from what he heard and we ended up getting a phone call he actually called Eddie at the record at Eddie's record store cheap guy at the time yep and just called him up and asked for one of the guys in Voodoo and Eddie answered the phone and the rest is history started talking to them from there and once we once we signed Epitaph and put the record out on on it that gave us the power to go almost around the world that's when we we got to establish ourselves in Europe and other countries you know Australia Japan because instantly we went everywhere that Bad Religion Pennywise No Effects all those bands had already done the footwork for that they already the presence of Epitaph was already out there dude we instantly got to go to all these places over and over and over and dude, like when we're talking about Teddy, is a the you know you guys were getting together with uh, Frank and whatnot. And when you guys get um, because it was just you four, right, originally. Yeah. And then you guys um, when did you guys get the horns? During the Spankies years, we'd been playing Spankies as a four piece, and our first tour was actually as a four piece. Um, and we just always wanted horns, but we just never really knew anybody that was into the same kind of music that would kind of that played horns. So we started <laughs> announcing it at our shows. Are you serious? That's how it started, right there. Yeah, and uh, I think it was Joey. Can't remember if it was Joey. Yeah, I think it was Joey was the first one that stepped up, or sax player, original sax player. Um, then we had this kid named BJ. Actually, before that, I'm sorry. We had this kid named BJ first, but he was too young. Like a straight kid. Like Ten years old. Damn, damn, dog, a little ass fool, dude. Really, a ten-year-old dog? Yeah, when it came time to go on tour, he basically couldn't go. Damn, dude. Started announcing we wanted horn players, and Joey stepped up at one of our shows and started talking to Eddie. He showed up to one of our practices, and once once we told him, okay, you could play with us, he said, I might know a trumpet player, and then he brought Joe into the band. Oh, that's how that. Okay. Joe from from going to school with him. I'm from Polly. Yeah. And then uh, we had a couple of, we had a trombone player, uh, a guy named Osh that played for a while. Um, Brody came into the band later after Osh. Osh had already gone on tour with us a few times and stuff like that and was like in the band. But he was just, there was just too many problems with him. And uh, Brody ended up coming into one of the cheap guys. Yeah, I remember that day that fool came in, I was there, dude. And his girlfriend was buying a dance hall crasher CD. Talking about trombone, and she said he plays trombone. And I just asked Brody if he wanted to come jam with us, and then he he ended up coming and jamming with us and joining the band. Yeah, because that's around the time you guys got the cover of Mean Street too. Yeah, and that's how, that's how we got the home players. Wow, that's crazy, dude. And what's what's up with the first tours though? Like fucking um, did who 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 said fuck it? That dude Mark Mark Grody, he's the one that fucking first busted out. You guys need to go on the road. You guys fucking yeah, need to pr- much, promote he yourselves. How old were you, dude? Oh, shit. 16? Maybe 16 or 17. Okay. And, uh... You were already out of high school, Eddie? <clears throat> uh, yeah. I was probably like 19. And what's up with your folks? What did they think, dude? They thought we were crazy. Tan locos. This fool. That's nuts, dude. 
Crazy. Fuck it, dude. Dude, like I told this fool, dude, since we started it, dude, I was just stoned like a mother. We, we hit a blunt. And then we fucking talked a lot before that, and we didn't record or nothing. And, we, and then we came in here, dude, so fuck it. But it's all good. But yeah, then you showed up and fucking fuck it to drop the trailer off. Spit a few words in the mic. Yeah, dude, you did fucking Cinco de Mayo on Riverside, yeah. Los Angeles. Horribly. Fucking Dosi last night. Yeah. And what you guys what did uh, L.A. Dosi and what else? San Diego. San Diego, that's right. Whales vagina. The whales vagine. That's funny, dude. What up, dude? So you like that weed? It's all right. Sorry. I got it from Fritz. It's good. Yeah. It looks like it's just called Platinum OG. You know how everybody and their mom has their names and shit. <laughs> oh, here talking about the Christian rock scene oh, yeah, with the. Uh, well, that's what I was gonna fucking hit on. Pod, <laughs> payable on death, bro. Oh. And he was saying, "You were you going to hang uh, out with it, him?" It might be a weed now. You never know. <laughs> with that drummer dude that you lived down the street from you guys, um, Striper, you used to go to those fucking Christian rock shows too, dude. Oh, Dave, yeah, Striper Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. I said like I told him, dude. Every every time I drive by there, I see that little white Toyota and fucking um, the little dude with the ponytail, and little shorts, yeah. little white T-shirt. You want the keys, AJ? But you guys got to do something right now. You guys got to fucking go move up, uh, moving thing. All right. Uh, he's gonna go and load his oh, okay. That's all right. You gotta do that. Though. I gotta bounce. Yeah. Well, fucking thanks for fucking saying some shit, dog. Yeah, man. Anytime. Hell yeah, dude. Fucking. Um, that's it, fool. Other than that, fucking uh, have a wonderful rest of the night, dog. If you want to smoke another bowl, light it up, dog. Don't yeah. be afraid, fool. And it's, uh, it's got some hash there, too, but it's like kind of like, I don't know, like the low-end shit. But you can still light it up and then use that shit as a flame, dude, and get fucking toasted. Right on. Yeah, man. George Casillas, dude. <laughs> this fool, dog. <laughs> man, fucking, yeah, I was like fucking thinking about the dude from uh, fucking Howard Stern, dude. <laughs> That's funny, dude. Here you go, Eddie. But yeah, man. So, dude, fucking, what's up with you, Eddie? You always wanted to be in a band and shit? You wanted to fucking, that's what you wanted to do? Because I remember, I, like I told you, I said fucking, I seen that uh, paper article about the band in college. And um, you said, like, um, I was reading a little excerpt out of it, that you either wanted to be write music or write books. Yeah. I actually said that, huh? Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I think we, we just ended up, uh, I don't know if I wanted to necessarily do, like, I, I was focused on, on, on just doing that. I, we were just playing music, and it turned into, he figured out he couldn't read. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it being, like, a real thing, you know what I mean? Into it being something where you could... Uh, it just came out naturally, orga organically, it wasn't push, yeah, force, none of that shit. shows, and then we must have started getting our little, you know, paid a little bit and stuff like that, and then... Get a little bit, a little bit more popular, and your friends start to come out and see you more, and you know, all, and then all of a sudden you become worth worth something to like a promoter. You know? Fucking commodity, right? Yeah. So once you figure that out, I think we just, I ended up doing that, and then the writing is, you know, you you can write lyrics. That's part of the deal. So, you know, in a sense, you know, you are writing. You know, you are writing the book. Oh hell yeah, dude! You know what I mean. Fucking every fucking song is a pretty much a chapter, right? Shit. Yeah, it's a, it's a song book. It's, it's two. It's, it's like two. not only words, but also music, and dude. You got to put a story into like 
one or two verses. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure, dude. And the and the album, who is this? Is what did it come? How did it come? Did you guys uh, did you guys already have songs previously that you put on there, or did you write the whole record out that way, or did you already have a already an album in mind or a we, part of it, and you added some more songs in the studio? You guys so reported that, that pretty quick, just, right? That was just the the who is this? Is songs were mostly the songs that were after our first batch of songs. We had a whole first batch of songs that ne- never got recorded except for on Ghetto Blasters. We never really. We never recorded them in a proper studio. And then somewhere along those lines, we got, we recorded a demo like on our second set of songs. Like we had a, we, we had an early set of like demos that we would do with a ghetto blaster in the middle of the room, you know, that, that sounded kind of gnarly that we would just have for ourselves. And we would, we would record ourselves and we just would, play them we just we listen to them like you listen to your favorite band we just like listen to them to to listen to ourselves i think that was like that was us kind of going to school we were just we were i guess i think we were learning how to do a band you know we were tightening it up yeah, all we, the loose ends and we shit listen we would listen to it it's weird to, to not not think to not be able to remember but i don't think i was we were we were listening back just to take notes i think yeah, it's like um, you know, may, just making it better. Like, all right, we fucked up here, or what? What could we add here? Yeah. Or uh, in essence, you know, build the song even more. I think we were just tightening it up. Th- more like thrilled that we could just make some noise and then just record it onto like 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 a cassette player and have structure to it, like a song that you would hear pretty much yeah, like on the radio or whatever. Like, oh, it sounds like a song. It's just like some kind of a song. Oh, but totally. It might, it might not be the best, like the the most like pro like you know, you know like structure or you know like. But rhythm has a chorus, fucking exactly, or, a story. Yeah, it might have not had that, like the, you know, like the best melody or something, but it was there were songs. You know what I mean? There were our little songs. So proper. It, yeah. So we would listen back, and I, but now, now I mean, think, thinking back too, like I, like like I was gonna say, or or I I meant to say, uh, I don't think we were even criticizing ourselves so much. We were just listening back, kind of like. In awe? To kind of, I don't know about in awe, but we could just, you know, we could hear ourselves back. It was just. A, it was a trip. It was a trip to write songs and, you know, to just have them there. You know, it was, like, it's kind of fun to listen to ourselves in a way because we, we, I think that's what you, why we or I ended up playing is I want, like to perfect. Your creation? Yeah, to just, to recreate what, what you hear from your favorite bands in a way, but to, to make your own stamp and to, like, in a way, kind of perfect it, like make your your own version of, of it. it. Yeah, exactly. So that that's what I think. That's why it just kind of happens. You know, you you start to get the bug for recording yourself, and you if you, if you think you got something, you just keep on going and experimenting, and you know. And as far as the studio experience for who do, who is this is compared to the seven inches, was it night and day? Like as far as the quality of with you know fucking with Doctor Strange opposed to oh. uh no, we, 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 for, for those, I mean, for the first, uh, for the session that we did for, for Who Is This Is, um, that was pro. I mean, that was done in a, in a nice studio. Like, that, that was done at, uh, Soundcastle, which was right by Dodger Stadium. Like, right, the hill right by Dodger Stadium right there. Like, I don't know. Stadium Way and shit, Griffith Park area. Yeah, right, right there. I don't know if it was, uh, Riverside Drive, maybe? 
what, what's it called? Uh, Chavez Ravine, Ravine? Yeah, that Chavez area. Ravine. Yeah, that's a whole it little was, area it where was Dutch. Right by there. I don't think it was there, but it was like in that little general there. area. I, I wish I could tell you exactly, but I don't. I don't know Riverside. That I mean, I mean, I, I don't know that that part of LA that well. Mm-hmm. But it uh, it definitely was a pro, like like a nice studio where where like Michael Jackson had done some recording, and that's where we got. It the, was legit. As, as a matter of fact, that's where the sample came from. That that that's where the Aussie samples came 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 from. On, on uh, in between the songs, the I've, ones on, uh, on at, at the beginning of the of the album, those were uh, those are outtakes from the Aussie uh, the sessions he did with Lita Ford. I want to say. Oh really? That yeah. whole you should have. Yeah, it was a, there was a single that 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 they put out that was like a ballad, like a rock ballad, and. Uh, those were outtakes of Ozzy recording in in that studio because the engineer had access to him. Really, that's fucking awesome. I didn't know because that's like you should have saved your breath. That one. Yep, like that was I think the beginning of the album. It's Ozzy up the mic, man. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And fucking now that fool fucking he's got kicked out of the house, hot huh, dog. What? Oh, Is yeah, Sharon yeah, Osbourne's done got, with him right now. Yeah, that's the word on the street. <laughs> Dr- kicked out. Pipe in the hairdresser. Pipe in the hairdresser. Everything old fools like that could still get it up, but I mean, you made a point too. Like earlier, it's the fucking pills. That's all they need, dog. Fucking, they can I don't bone know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what's going on with Ozzy Dick <laughs> personally, but I would imagine there's been some, uh, you know, some some damage. Some, you know, but what the fuck do I know? I know. <laughs> fucking TMZ over here, huh? Ozzy Dick. <laughs> That's the topic. <laughs> no, but yeah, that that was a, that we got the sample. He just played it, and I think somebody said, "Let's use it on the record." Really, and dude? Because because the album started off with a uh, with a crazy train riff. In- intro to yeah. insubordination. Yeah, the, the intro the intro to the song insubordination off the first record uh, starts off with with a crazy train, which is kind of funny going back to the influence of. I mean, what kind of band? What kind of ska band does that? I mean, no one does. It's like we were. And blends it nice. Yeah, we. Were, I mean, I, it's sure. If if it's not for you, I I I get it. If you're like a like a ska purist, I totally, <laughs> totally get it. Purist. <laughs> but it's not <coughs> like we're going for that in the first place. I mean, we, <coughs> you know, don't get but don't get bummed out. You know, butt hurt. That it's not all that fucking it's, traditional. Like some upstrokes. That's about it. That's the only thing that might be even closer related. I never really thought it was ska. It's some ska-ish breakdowns. And there stuff. you go. But it's just a bastardization. It's a, in, another influence. Like it's a fishbone drum beats thrown and, into the pot, and, and, and the English beat and the specials drum beats thrown into. You know, those those bands are punk in their own way, but with, totally mixed with punk and hardcore and, and heavy metal. Oh so hell yeah, dude! Yeah, we just mixed it up. It's not for everybody for sure, but again, you did your own version of it, mixing it all in. Yeah, just, all those uh, conventions and shit. Yeah, our own version of all those influences, man. It's crazy. Ended up being your own. It ends up being your own style. You know. I mean, I I, I will say this. It feels good to have your own style. Oh hell yeah, dude! That's what that's like having a voice, dude. You know what I mean? You know, it might not be the most popular style, and you know, the but it's like it's like a manhood to your shit. You know what I mean? You know, there's a there's a thing. You know, we. I'm glad we have a thing. You could be somebody could do an impression of you. I mean, when you once you have a voice and shit. Yeah, that, that's a that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, 
ended up uh, taking it pretty far. I'm, I'm surprised. You know, what I mean, it's been, you know, there's always stuff coming our way. There's always, you know, we get a lot thrown thrown at us when I think we're not. Some, you know, always something something comes up. Oh yeah, you guys definitely fucking kept it alive like a motherfucker. And I was gonna ask, as far as like, and then the record, who is this? Is did you? How did you guys see Quentin and all that shit? Was that you and Frank and everything? Was it? Because um, uh, the engineer on that shit was Jim Goodwin, right? Yep, uh, Jim. Yep. And putting the samples together, together with the you know um, Revenge of the Nerds at the end, that those samples. And I'm, I'm pretty sure we we communicated with 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 him and you know t- told them what the plan was, but. Uh, the thing about the thing that people don't know about who is this is too is uh, on on insubordination he left the guitar solo out. Really? Yeah, we never we never and I don't know about I, I mean, cause you play it live. Yeah, I I play it live, but there, there was a guitar solo and it never got it never got used. I don't know if it was a way of him telling me it sucked or if he just, <laughs> or if he just forgot. Okay. Because I was pretty young and still kind of like you know. Green for sure. In essence, like naive to the knobs and all that, the engineering so, fucking station. Yes, but yeah, exactly. But I don't know if he uh, left it out on purpose. We just kind of, we just kind of accepted it and l- 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 you know, kept the record as is. Because you later worked with them on uh, Baila de los Locos, right? Yep, we we, we let them uh, produce uh, Baila de los Locos, which came out as our second record on on, on Epitaph. On Epitaph, you know, he and he. Uh, we we invited him back and we recorded that one at uh, NRG Studios, like a fancy studio in uh, West Hollywood. I want to say. Okay. And um, somewhere over there, it might not be, it might not be West. And you never even working with him. You never hit him up about that shit. Jim, um, like, hey, what's up with the fucking solo? Did you ever notice you left that out and that never came up? Any? No, I never said anything. Jim had some, some stuff going on. Oh, okay. You didn't want to hit him with the fucking. No, I didn't want to. Yeah, we was, break, it was one of those things. I didn't have the heart to break his heart. <laughs> Maybe. Or just you know fucking throw them the question that could be detrimental or whatever or whatever time in his life or whatever. Yeah, there was some stuff going on. So I, let's put it that way. So put I, that. I, I don't know, man. It was a weird thing. I. That's a good point. I don't think he he never he he never knew that uh, that that we had had like a. Like somewhat of an issue with, with with that, you know what I mean? With that particular piece of the record, yeah. Oh yeah, and then like as far as like you like were was that your record? Were you like totally satisfied with it? Because it's a great fucking record, dude. Thanks, man. I no, mean, to, to me, a, it's a masterpiece, dude. Oh, that's nice, man. No, we, that one and uh, you know, that's like a backyard backyard party record. Backyard party ska punk ska punk songs. You know, that's depends on if you like like that stuff. We I, I at the time. Well, I was probably ecstatic. I remember being proud of it. Yeah, because to me, that's... I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I was green though too. So you know, here, I mean, look, I mean, looking back, I wish you know I knew then what I knew now. Like, 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 like a lot of people would say, you know, just to help direct this way we want it to sound more, or something like that. You know what I mean? Okay. Because it's it's. I don't. I don't want to tear it apart after you. Say yeah, analyze it and shit or whatever. Yeah, and like, like I mean, after you say, you know, after you say, like, you know, like cool, cool stuff about it. But then again, because it's a nice little package from like the album cover yeah. to the back photo to the you know what I mean. Just remember it being the whole little know, package, the sequence of the record, everything, the songs, lyrics. Yeah, I mean, we 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 could have done some better takes, I think, and stuff like that. But I mean, we. I think we we definitely captured a moment. I mean, we were it was a Hell rush. Yeah, totally. It was a rush job. I mean, we got. 
we we got we recorded that that album at, at, at I mean going back to the sound the the Soundcastle place uh, we 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 we, we, were, we we would go drive right by Dodger Stadium you know like on weekdays it was it was always on like on on like a downtime when when the studio wasn't being used okay so, so it's the, like oh well, there's a non peak hours exactly it wasn't like you know because I think they basically would would block the place out for somebody famous or I mean somebody who you know pays big money back then a mean fucking budget or whatever expensive studio I want to say that it was like between 1500 to like three grand a day to rent that place out on the, the off hours studio yeah no oh during the no, regular like, time yeah I would guess that you know but we ended up getting it because I think Jim Jim Goodwin was was a new he was like a an in-house engineer or an assistant there I, I think and he would get it when 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 he could when it wasn't being used and we would we would show up and we would record bust it out and we'd bust it out over you know from 6 p.m. to 3 in the morning or something or or show up at you know or, or show up in the morning and go go all day or, you know we would do uh damn we would just come in and just bust out as much much as we could and somehow we got it done you know ended up being a full record you know we ended up being the first album hell yeah dude and uh, and then that and you guys you guys because you guys didn't hit Europe till what after Fearman or a little bit before Fearman. First European tour was after the first Epitaph record came out. After Fearman came out, we got a booking agent that we use a booking guy that that everybody yeah that's that uh, a lot of people still use to this day. The uh, one that uh, George mentioned. Um, uh, we we use Destiny Booking. Okay. And uh, he booked our first tour, and we just. Uh, we went for like four or five weeks or three and a half weeks. I don't remember how long it was. I want to say it was around a month, and we we did our first our our first tour, and then we 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 went ever since. You know, every few years we'll still do it. And that first uh, that first uh, European trip, you guys hit festivals that one as well, or is that your like second time out? That would be the second time out. The first time out. I want to say maybe maybe we did some indoor festival type shows. But okay, those are just shows with with more bands indoors. We I mean really. And what was it like as far as like you know you're touring in the states because because when I met you guys it was after you guys already recorded who's this is and you had the black van, the um the, the Ford van was my van yeah the black, yeah, yeah the we, I love Elvis sticker on it. The gutter mouth sticker on it oh, like you know that's funny you remember that stuff screeching weasels like you know the classics. It yeah. was a, it was a van that's like it's a dude that, from Voodoo's van. That was the that was the the first touring van. Yeah, we bought that van in Fon, Fon, Fontana off of off of uh, off of Valley. Damn, right there by all the fucking massage parlors and shit. Fontucky. Right there, yep, there was a little uh, spot right there. We Trucker just, spot. Uh, we, we we spotted the van and that van was a trooper, man. It, it ran good and never had any that. I mean, in 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 hindsight now, man, that van fucking solid. I ended up selling that van years later to the. A guy that worked in, at Epitaph in the mailroom or something like that. It wasn't that motherfucker in that band Slowrider or some exactly, shit like that. The guy from Slowrider, well, the, you know, Dave, the, yeah, Dave, classic he, Mexican face. He bought the black van off of me. Because uh, I still see that, that motherfucker. Yeah, I remember fucking seeing that shit around, dude. Like over there by the little Silver Lake area, for a minute. Crazy man, that that, band, yeah. was, that band was cool. It was just, uh, it served its purpose, man. We did our first few tours in that thing, and then. And then we graduated up to the the Conno Line E three fifty or whatever, like the fifteen passenger or twelve passenger. 
Oh yeah, it's been a, a long, a long road of vans. So that's crazy. Oh, the white with the gray stripe in the middle. Huh? Fucking um, and how was it? Fucking was it like a was it a culture shock for you or like totally different? Like fucking Europe? Because I mean, Europe is basically you know fucking where or fucking everything comes from, right? As far as like fucking system of government, or whatever the fuck you guys going to playing shows and fucking cobblestone streets and shit, old fucking antique fucking old world. Yeah, it was a trip, man. That that. That, that 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 first time, you know, was a crazy. You know, it was a crazy experience. I mean, we went we went in a bus the first time, and it's like not even all right. You go to Europe, but it's all, all different fucking countries in that little fucking in that spot, right? Oh yeah, you're in a different country every day for the most part. That's what I'm saying. Like as far as like from France to Spain to yeah, I mean it was. I mean you we you're maybe playing a couple shows in in. in one country or a lot more shows in England or something like that but you know country to country and what's up with the fucking as far as the food and all that other shit too uh amazing food if you like McDonald's Oh, so it's like you all. And what the fuck's what's up with fucking British food like fucking I know one time you told me the fucking you guys in France you guys ate horse yeah we got we were, and you didn't even know you guys ate horse till after you ate horse we were in uh, we were in France somewhere. Shout we out were, to Peter. We were playing a show. We were probably playing like a, a like a festival. And we, a lot of times in France, they would just uh, prepare a meal for the whole band and crew. That's that that's at the, uh, at the show, and they they bust out these like long you know like the long tables, and you they're like long banquet tables. They little plates and fucking yeah, dinnerware. They, they, they set up a whole huge meal, and you sit down and you eat some. Some French delicacy. One time, that French delicacy, that French French delicacy was horse. <laughs> so we sat down and ate like some stew, like you know, horse meat, stew, like yeah, meat. And we were we were eating it, and uh, I think it was our our English bus driver was like, "I hope you guys like horse, because that's where that, that's what we're eating," or some something comment like that. Damn, dude. And everybody just slowly kind of like. Stopped eating it and got up. And I'm sure somebody was like, oh, this is good. But <laughs> I think we literally walked We walked to a McDonald's in that little village in France or something. You just couldn't take it, dude. No, we were like, nah, I'm not going to eat this. It was kind of like when you eat meat that has the, just a different texture and you know it's not right. Yeah, your fucking palate ain't used to that shit, dude. Exactly. That was it. You know, but um, Frank, Vo- Frank Voodoo probably led the charge. Like, nope. He's the first one to get grossed out or something. <laughs> And what's up with like um and what's up with like European shows, dude? And it's not like the saying that the states are all jaded and shit, but I mean the farther the farther you go, does it seem it's more appreciative or is it kind of different for every part of the world, dude? Because I mean from you guys being in Latin America yeah. to fucking I mean going fucking far fucking east. How what's the farthest fucking east have you guys gone? Russia? Now I guess it would be Russia. Russia? Yeah. And what the fuck was that like, dude? Russia was You're in the fucking Kremlin, dog. Yeah, we it was an, it was a trip. I mean, it was a super fucking cold. I mean, to start with, I mean, cold, <laughs> cold, cold. The most intense cold I, I've ever felt. Really? We've toured Europe a few. Uh, I mean, we've toured. I think we've toured Europe mostly in, in the winter. Yeah, in, in the winter time. We've been to Japan in the winter, which is not as bad, but still cold. And uh, been in, in in the U.S. and Canada. I mean, we we just got back. From the eastern part of Canada, from uh, Quebec and everything, and it was cold as fuck. But 
still doesn't compare to to Russia cold. Like, really, dog? Like the kind of cold where you try to take a fucking selfie with your, with your phone and you take your glove off or put, and you're like your hand your hand gives you warning that warning sign like hey this ain't happening put that have, fucking glove put back glove on back on to take your photo fast motherfucker because it was like that bad of cold where you feel frostbite you know not too too far like that god I mean, damn I don't know dude. about that fact but that's why those russians are hard as it, fuck it dog it feels like that but anyways um yeah super icy roads and a little bit sketchy and like super cool though a, amazing place i thought i mean i I only was there quick for two days, though. I yeah. got the more rock and roll experience. Even even at a DIY level, it was, you know, punk rock and, and all that. But it was pretty good shows. You know, got fed well. You know, stayed in, stayed in nice places. So you know, we bomb-ass bitch in 48-hour blast in Russia? Yeah, it was a, a quick blast of Russia. That's that's the, that's the best way to, I mean, a fucking, fucking a freezer, a frozen blast of Russia. But it was awesome, man. Fucking it was a good night. It was a good, uh, I mean, two, two nights. We, uh... Flew in to Moscow, got picked up like 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 we always do. You you fly in, you get picked up by like a promoter. You know, you get taken in a, a car or two or like a van. I think we got taken in a couple cars or a couple cabs, and we we got taken straight to the venue in Moscow because we were running late. I think the plane was late or there was a delay and there was a lot of traffic leaving the airport. Probably a weekend. It was probably rush hour. I want to say, and we got. Finally got to the gig in Moscow, and it was, like, straight to the backstage room, walked through, like, a pretty packed club, like a not sold out, but almost sold out, pretty big room, you know. And we we uh, went straight to the backstage and, like, got, got the we There was food waiting for us. We got, got the instruments ready, and we're pretty much playing within 45 minutes. Damn. We were, like, we were about to go on. You know, it was like that. So it ended up being a great show. I mean, it was it was. There, I mean, there's some pro footage out there somewhere that this uh, this cable access show was showed up or something like that. And filmed it, didn't you? It filmed it, so it looks pro. There's there's uh, there's some you there, one of my favorite uh, YouTube clips of the band late, lately is that there's a clip of us playing in Moscow that looks pretty pro, and it's the whole or most of the set. Really, hell yeah! I would check and that it, shit out. And it's uh, it's pretty good, but um. <laughs> Yeah, that was fun. We we get to that show, get taken to to Red Square to to, to sightsee super quick because we we had to catch the train that night because it was I mean it was a budget tour you know it was a it was our first time there and us going us going after the fact you know I mean we 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 should have went back in like you know back in the late late you know, like back in ninety eight or something like that you know what I mean but we ended up going. Kind of after the fact, so the the show was pretty successful, but we still it was a it was a DIY, you know, trip. So we took the train, the the overnight train, to Saint Peter, you know, to Saint Petersburg. So like, how could you? Yeah, it's kind of an awesome experience, if you ask me. Oh yeah, dude, you know, that's I mean, we, all fucking we, fast forward. So right we there. didn't we didn't go straight to like a hotel, sleep, take a plane the next day to Saint Petersburg or something. We took the overnight train like at one a.m., uh, like right after our show. And it, it's, a, it's an overnight trip, like 10 hours or 12 hours or something like that. And we got, like, little sleeper cars with these fold-out beds. And you sleep on a train, man. And, and uh, Wake up in Petersburg? Yeah, we wake up in Petersburg with uh, a vodka hangover, you know? Because there's, like, bottles on the uh, train. And, and 
and that, promoters got fucked up. They were like kind of younger dudes. They were like, I think they were under thirty years old. This dudes that are in the scene in Russia booked the show. Damn, and that's they, crazy. He traveled with us. The, the, I mean, the one main guy he traveled with us the whole night on the train. Got got all fucked up with like these bottles that he snuck on. Really, and then what's up with the, those motherfuckers? Really drink it like oh, don't they partying? They're like taking shots of it. And they, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, drink it out of the bottle, and uh, he was wasted, and uh, we got con- confronted by cops on on the train that came up to our cart because you're not really supposed to do that. Oh, really? They were just being like cool about it. We didn't get. We, I mean, we didn't get busted. It was kind of scary, like seeing like you know, like Russian cops at your door of your little. Of your little night cabin on your train. That's the last place you want to go to fucking jail, dog. Yeah, exactly. So promoter dudes dealt with it and fucking that was we that. Were just cool. They were just it was like a warning. It was like don't fuck around, <laughs> you know. But it was a fun night, man. We took this this kind of crazy train, um, all night to St. Petersburg and get there. Get we 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 met the St. Petersburg guy. Got a ride to the hotel. Checked in. Waited a few hours, went to the club, sound check, played, and, and hung out there. And St. Petersburg's really nice, too. Cool spots, man. Like, architecturally-wise, it's just fucking phenomenal and shit, right? It's super nice. And uh, what some of the best food I've had abroad is are you, in Russia. Are you serious? What'd you eat, food? dog? It was kind of like a mixture between, you know, between, uh, I want to say, like, Middle Eastern and, like, Chinese food, kind of. Like, really, dude? So, sort of like Asian food, but with, like, you know, like... Russia's yeah. been around for a long fucking time, dude. Yeah, oh, it was, a, it, was, it, was, it was awesome. I mean, we went, the place that we, the, the two places that I ate, ate at were just like down the street from the hotel, like next door style. And it was great food. I mean. Bomb as fuck. I like fried rice type of, like like a type of dish with like some some, some piece of chicken. and That probably comes under a little whole fucking Mongolian influence and shit too, huh? Exactly, yep. Little fucking Genghis Khan yeah, fucking exactly, remnants. That's, exactly, Invasions that's and exactly shit what, stayed. That's what, it, that's, what it, that's what it felt like. That's what it, that's what it made me think of, you know? But, the whole uh, fucking... Tasty food, you know? And really, I wish, dude? I, I spices, should, spices and shit? Bomb-ass yeah, spices? I, I should have paid attention more to what it was called and what it was, but we were there good. so quick, you know? But it was... It was amazing. It was great. Everybody was super cool. The shows were 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 solid shows. Not nothing. I mean, we didn't break any attendance records, but they're full good good. People solid came shows. out. Yeah, we had fans there for sure. They were excited. It was it was it was cool, and um, it'd be fun to go back. And that's what I was going to ask you. And what was up with those fans? I mean, were there some fans there that's been waiting pretty much like twenty years to see you guys? Oh yeah, I mean, since they, I mean, yeah, there, there's always that that demographic, or whatever you call it. There's always that group that's uh, like you know i mean the real deal that knows the band you know that you know knows uh, knows enough to know you know they had all the fucking records from like you know from who is this is or even the seven years beforehand the epitaph years the fucking victory years like they were fucking they've been on point and you know in essence one of their favorite bands ever that finally they get to fucking see and you know much more from america dude yep that's it i mean there was there's always uh there's always that. I mean, thankfully, there's always a few, if not more than a few. There's always, you know, there's some places where the I'm surprised, you know, there's still a few, you know, a few more than a few. <laughs> a few more than you a know, few. But, um, yeah, I just, it, it, it blows me away. It took a long time to get there, but it was totally worth it. I mean, Russia was, Russia was badass. I mean, it was really, really cool. Everything about it. I liked everything about it. 
You That's know, fucking was, bitching, dude. I had a chance to go to like to an after party though at a, a house, and my sense of adventure that day fucking failed me. I didn't. I didn't want to go because I was like, you got a little scared or what? I was like, how? Like this is cool and all, but how am I gonna get back to my hotel? My my survival instincts sometimes are are, are lacking sometimes to say the least when I'm in a place that I trip out on. Oh yeah, I mean, and I was like, I'm, I'm in Russia, motherfucker. I'm gonna count my blessings <laughs> as, as cool as I think it is. Oh just, hell yeah, you never know. But it was it was fun, man. It was cool. I bet, dude. Like I I, I should have went to go hang out. And the, well, that's funny that you say that because even in the fucking states, it can get a little sketchy when you're hanging out somewhere. I mean, but like you said, fucking, you're in Russia, dude. You know, fucking the chance maybe a fucking one of those life changing chances or something. You know I mean, yeah, like, I mean, be more cautious and fucking be safe opposed to just, being wild and fucked. You just never know, you know. And I've oh hell yeah, dude. And I, I've been lucky enough, so I was like, ah, I'm gonna go back to the hotel and rest. I was probably burned out anyways. I'm sure I was on the road, but yeah, I mean, Russia was great. We that was uh, I guess that's the farthest east we've gone. Damn, dude, that's Besides fucking Japan great. Or something, you know, but um, yeah, we've gotten to do a lot still. But we ended up, you know, we ended up doing this band for for so long. You know that it it's a trip to it started from way back then and it turned it in into something. And then we're almost back to square one in a way too. You know, we've we've worked hard and the name carries you far, but like you still got to get people's attention. You still got to work. You, know, you still got to promote. You, you still got to keep the, the, the name is, alive. The band has changed, you know, like personnel wise. So that's, you know, it's hard to convince people, you know, it's, it's hard to convince people that, Hey, you know, the fire is still fucking burning. Yeah, the fire is fucking... There. In a lot of ways it could be better than ever. You know, we have, well, dude, I mean, we, we have our moments. I mean, still, I guess that's what keeps you going is, is, is those moments, you know, where you're like, man, you still like, got it. Yeah, it feels at least you're it feels still, like you do. You're laying you know? it down still. Could be a little bit of booze or whiskey or <laughs> or, or vodka talking or something, but you know, or like you're. It could be you, you know, could be a little delusional. You know, <laughs> this but, little dog. No, it's it's. I mean, for real, that's how that's how it feels. Though you you could um, you could survive off those moments. Yeah, dude, because I haven't seen you guys in a fucking minute, dude, since that that pizza at that pizza shop over here in a, over here off a of mag. Um, University or, or fucking Mission Inn. I forgot what it's called. That, that's when you had fucking Dally on drums, and then fucking seeing you guys over here at fucking um, at um, Romanos for Cinco de Mayo. Mm -hmm. You guys fucking tore it up, dude. I was fucking, I was impressed, dude. It was fucking awesome, dude. You guys fucking killed it. It was oh, cool, thanks, man. and I, it was I, a great show. On top of that, because it had a bunch of good bands. You know, I mean, sometimes you can have a show or eh, whatever, dude. Yeah, the, yeah, it was that, that, fucking was, that was the show, show. That that's funny you say that. That was the show that. I um, I just partied way too much before we played, <laughs> so I was you're I, having a good time. I, I had to catch myself. I was having an awesome time, and I had to catch myself because it was like, oh shit, we're playing in a half hour. So <laughs> I'm I, buzzed. I, I had to, uh, like I had to sober up. Like I was trying to, I was trying to sober up a little bit throughout the the uh, the setup process when we were setting up when during the set change. Yeah, get your head together and yeah, shit. Yeah, I was trying to get my head together. Going, don't. Don't fuck up. Don't, you know, there's a, there's a good amount of people here. It's a good night. But I ended up getting it together. But I I feel bad saying it, but I forgot. I I forgot we had played songs that night. Oh, like certain songs. Yeah, like after the fact. Like oh. I was like, did we play all the, the Spanish songs in a row? Or did we, did we really play this song? I just, I forgot. Like, because I, I, like the, like. Like the memory loss, I just 
I partied and I told I forgot that we had played songs. Like it just was a big blur. The set was a blur. So I was that hammered when, when, when we played. So hopefully people couldn't tell that much. Cause Fuck no. I was I, fucked up kind of when we were playing. Is my, what I'm trying to say. <laughs> After all that, I you like, played fucked up. I played fucked up. You know, and I uh, forgot we had played songs. <laughs> I mean, I didn't forget the actual songs, but yeah, songs in the set list and shit. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Well, fuck it, dude. Fucking thank you very much for doing this, dude. Um, ba- basically, this motherfucker, fucking the fame. Basically, I wanted basically. to fuck. I wanted to get my fucking um. On the podcast, dude, I'm doing my podcast. This is obviously it right here, but I wanted to get fucking people that know me for a long time. I mean, we didn't even get, get into, like, you know, how you fucking know me or met you guys. Yeah. But I used to just fucking roll up to the store and just buy shit and chill and ask questions. Yeah. And fucking, you motherfuckers never said shit and fucking, you know, just let me hang, dude. So that was always fucking cool, dude. But fucking, uh, thank you for doing this, dude. And thank you for fucking, um, you know, writing those songs and forming that band that fucking, uh, even to this day, motherfuckers still recognize and enjoy, dude. So keep rocking, dog. Oh, and we'll fucking, uh, we'll do more it, of these, dude. It means a lot. That, uh, oh, no, for sure. I you're fucking, come on, uh, you're, you're your first one and, and, and cut our teeth, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, it's. Smoke entirely too much weed and hash. <laughs> dude, the first part, and I apologize to everybody, but dude, I don't give a fuck because we obviously did it. Dude, I was just sitting there. I was like kind of quiet because I was like kind of stoned and I was like listening. You want to keep the conversation going. You don't want to be a fucking a stick in the mud and shit. I want to just say something with a pause, motherfucker, dude. Fucking, I was like, damn, I was, I was stoned because we hit that big ass blunt, dog. And then fucking, that's why I didn't smoke another bowl when I well, started that, talking, dog. Well, when, <laughs> well, when we did the... When we, when we did the Felipe Esparza pod, podcast, the, the what's one a full that, one? The first, yeah, one, first one he ever did, yeah, actually. Yeah, the one that never surfaced. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, what was going on that? That was entirely too much partying, man. To where I don't know how we pulled anything off. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's like I think it was you know you guys were practicing that fool that fool was all excited you know asking questions and like but I mean fuck it dude the fucking recording's there I don't know if they're ever gonna release it I think fucking Lisa said something where it's like it sounds kind of way too fucked up like highs and lows or whatever but dude I mean shit they've asked me like you know where they do dude I'm like yeah dude those fools will do it fuck <laughs> it just um you know fucking the whole thing well, is just getting together and fucking you know well thanks it for out. having us man uh, thanks for having me and my my brother George for a minute his little his little uh. His little segment. <laughs> uh, George George came in to break it down. His little segment. Hell yeah, George dude. came in to break it down. The, the George segment. Uh, <laughs> thanks for... Uh, this full dog. Thanks for, uh, thanks for doing it, man. G- good luck with the rest of them. Yeah, man. Thank you very much, dog. All right. Much you, love. For real. Yeah, man. Late. So, yeah.